Uh, all righty. After the meeting, I'm going to try to do this either tonight or tomorrow is put together a new list of folks. And I'm going to send you the uh, meeting. Uh, if I've got your email, it'll probably have to be by email from last week. I think last week I've listened back through most of it. And I think it's, it's a, a, you know, very good for the body of Christ for understanding of the truth that's in the inheritance. And with that said, I'm going to send that out. I'm also going to send to everybody, uh, which I, I may have before, but I'm going to send it again, links to YouTube and links to the podcast so that you can get easy access in there and uh, and update our, our list of folks that is joining uh, and so forth. But anyway, we're, we're going to do a little review from last week. We're going to go back through some of the scripture, look at it, and and digest it. Uh, ch chatting with different folks this week, we were talking about digesting things. You know, we hear things, but sometimes we don't really digest them. And and we're going to digest this and and really uh, comprehend what the Lord's saying. We have the spirit to know. You know, the first the first thing to really set our minds to is God has given us his spirit that we might know. So sometimes people can say, well, I can't know this or, or this is beyond my capability. It, it may be beyond your capability, but it's not beyond God's capability to teach you or teach me. He has given us the spirit that we would freely know all things. And, and and when we get a hold of that, that the teacher's God, the capabilities God, the substance is God, it, it, it puts it in a whole new perspective because it's it's his ability that we're talking about. And and that's a great thing because we we've been frustrated in Christianity a lot of times because we thought it was our ability to get things done. And it's really to come into the rest of the Lord and into what he has already done and live out of that. I, I think in a, in a simplistic uh, you know, way, I was talking about the inheritance last week, that, uh, that if we looked at our inheritance from, from one scripture and said this one scripture is it, to me, John 17, I said this last week, is the answer, that they may be one as we are one. I and them. That's our inheritance to be one with the Lord. But the but to get to make that possible, he didn't just say that they'd be one as we are one and let it go. Because if he had said that, we would wrestle around for eternity. The next part is how it's possible. I in them. Thou in me, that they be made perfect in one. This is the this gets into the possibility side of it. This is where everything's possible in Christ. I in thee. Okay, so what's possible in that statement? Everything. I in thee. So if I look at it and I consider that nothing's too big for Jesus, 
there's, there's nothing too great. There's nothing uh, beyond him. There's nothing he, he can't do. And when he, when he makes the statement, I and thee, thou and me, that they be made perfect in one. Because when I look at the inheritance of Christ, I, I really, and in the coming weeks, hope, hope to be able to bring that out, his inheritance. Because his inheritance is your inheritance. That's what your inheritance is. You are joint heirs with him. Okay? You're joined to his inheritance. And I, and I think if I simplified his inheritance, I mean, there's a whole lot more to this than, than what I'm going to say. But in a simplistic term, just like we simplified our inheritance, John 17, again, I believe, simplifies his inheritance. Father, glorify me with the glory that I have with thee before the world was. I think that simplifies it. So what did he receive? The glory of God. He, he received, I believe, all that God is. That's what I believe he received. The fullness of God, that it pleased the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell. So in him's all fullness of God. And then, and then when we look at scriptures and we consider them, and you are complete in him. What are you complete in? What he finished. Because when he ascended on high, he took everything that he had done in his body, in his death, burial, and resurrection, and he brought that into God. That's how we, we come to know it. Because everything he did in, in, in his body, in death, burial, and resurrection, we come to know by the Spirit. The Spirit teaches us all things of Christ. And that includes the death part, the burial part, and the resurrection part. And you say, well, what's the resurrection part? It's everything from the resurrection. The resurrection, I believe, includes the ascension, the enthronement. It's not, it doesn't just include that he was raised from the dead. I mean, that's the that that's what creates the new man, the new creation is Christ raised from the dead. And he that was raised from the dead ascended on high. Okay. And Daniel, there's a couple of scriptures keep coming to my mind, so I'm probably supposed to look them up. But Isaiah 53, which we read a few weeks ago. So let me get over there. And in the book of Daniel as well, if I can find it, that God was going to share with him the portion of the great. So in Isaiah 53, it says, well, that's Isaiah 53, what I was looking for. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and he shall be satisfied. satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, verse 11, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide with him a portion and that means abundance with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he had poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors and bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressions. So Jesus was raised up on high 
to live in all the fullness of God. Now, I believe he is God, so don't misunderstand me. But he's raised up on high. And this is what I believe in that. This is some of what I believe. I, is Jesus, as a natural man, was in one place, right? You would go to Galilee or wherever he was at and find him. Now Jesus, the same Jesus that walks shores of Galilee, you can find him everywhere you go. <laughs> you don't have to go to Galilee. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. You don't have to go to the Jordan. How, how did that happen? Because God is a spirit, and Christ went back into what God is. But he went back with a completed work. And that's what he brings us into is what he's already done. And so we inherit the blessing of Christ. And I and and the book of Galatians tells us what the blessing. I was going to look that up in Joel, but I'll, I'll or not Joel and uh, Daniel, but I'll probably just move on past that, and we'll have to consider it later. But uh, but I'm talking about the scripture of of Yom being exalted and being raised up and receiving, coming to the ancient of days and receiving that of God. That's what He did. Father, glorify me with Thine own self, with the glory I had with Thee before the world was. He had lowered himself in humanity, and he was glorified back into what God is, but with the finished work. He came out of God, did the work, completed the work, and went back into God. So when, so when we encounter the Spirit of God, see, see, I, see, in Pentecostal, where I grew up, nothing wrong with Pentecostal. I grew up in it. I believe in the move of the Spirit. I believe in speaking in tongues. I speak in tongues. I believe in laying hands on the sick. I believe all that. However, we grew up believing that the Spirit comes, and, and, and the main emphasis of the Spirit was just supernatural power. Okay? I believe that. Okay? So I'm not against that. but but. A lot of it with the with what we thought of the spirit was just this kind of supernatural power. God has empowered me. And as and as I walked on with the Lord, I, I heard the word, you know, the written word. I heard it. And, it. and it'll bring you to hearing the spiritual word. But I heard Jesus written in John, he shall take of mine, he shall take that of me. And show it to you. So the Spirit coming is to reveal the Word. So the Spirit and the Word are, I believe they're one, and they're always working together. So you take John, tells you the Word was made flesh, and then what's the Word filled with? The Spirit. <laughs> Get a hold of this. Then the Jesus being a Word goes back to the Spirit. So the Spirit is always ministering to you the Word, the living Word, always, because it's the living Word that will change you. See, 
And I don't want to discount anything because I've I've felt the power of God come up on me like a how do I even put it? Just like being immersed in in the spirit. I felt that. Been glorious. I've danced. I've shouted. I've I don't remember running. I know a lot of people's ran, but I but I've shouted and danced myself silly in the church. I used to go, and every time I went, I wanted to dance. I wanted the blessing of God. I, I wanted to pray through till I got the blessing. I did, because it was real good. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you come to a place in the Lord where you've had this blessing, and you've had these, these moves of God upon you, and you know that that this isn't the end all. Now, now at a time you think it is. You think this is the end all. This is what this is about. And then the spirit just moves in you further into himself, like Brother Dale was ministering the other night. <laughs> you come to a place that you find it's it's about your inter internal soul, the inside party. That really what God is out to do is to change you. Okay? Now we see our bodies here. All of us sitting around here that you can see on video, but we don't see the inside. Now this inside can be expressed. We can see the inside by the expression that's in our bodies, right? But the Spirit of God is moving in the heart. To reveal Christ there. Why does he reveal Christ there? To change you. And that revealing of Christ is your inheritance. That's what your inheritance is. You possess what you see. Or have the ability to. That's what God wants us to do. Is to possess what we've come to see. What we come to know. And the reason God may show you something over and over again is because you haven't come to know it. Why he may show me something over and over again, because I need to know it. I need to really come to know it. Because that's coming to know the Lord. That's coming to know him. That's what this salvation is all about, is coming to know the Lord, that they all shall know me from the least to the greatest. That's salvation. If you simplified salvation, that's it. People make it complicated. But, but Jesus says this, this is eternal life or this is life eternal. What? When you all get to heaven. No, I didn't want to say He says, this is life eternal that you might know the only true God. And he ain't, he ain't talking about that your mind comes to believe there's a true God. Now, that's part of it. You come to believe it. He's not just saying it. He's talking about your inner being coming to a knowing. It's like Brother Jimmy talks about getting swallowed up in the mountain. <laughs> Seeing the mountain and then getting swallowed up in it. Your inner being is coming to know him. And, and the more you know him, you, you realize how, how big he is. Maybe a bad word to use for him. 
But but it's like Jimmy says, he's just you come to this huge mountain, and this huge mountain engulfs you because it's greater than you. But the beauty of the Lord is he brings you into the greatness of it. That's the beauty of God. Is he makes you partakers of himself, of his divine nature, of, of what he is. And that's what your soul is after, searching for. It's the answer. It's what we're looking for is that God would form himself in us. And we would come to live in what he's formed in us. I'm telling you. Because that's satisfaction to the soul. Like the, I know some people may not like what I'm going to say, but okay, you can forgive me, pray for me. Like the rock and roll singer says, I can't get no satisfaction. He made a lot of money off of that. Because he doesn't know Jesus. Because the satisfying of the soul is Jesus. And as I come to know him, he becomes, my soul becomes more satisfied. You know, you read of the fatness in the Bible. Well, it's because you're coming full of him. The fatness of the soul or the filling of the soul is the Lord. And we'll try to fill it with all kinds of things, right? Because we're always wanting to satisfy our soul. But the soul was created to be satisfied with the Lord. That's why it can't get any satisfaction in the world. Because it's missing, it's like people call it the missing link, right? They're looking for the missing link, and the missing link is Jesus. It's not, it's not the Bigfoot monster walking around. That's not the missing link. <laughs> the, the missing link is Jesus. He's the, he's the one that has to come feel everything. Now, I've went so long getting into my message may be hard tonight uh, in, the, in the introduction, but, but, but the inheritance, and we'll read a few scriptures to you, we read Galatians 3 and Ephesians 1 and we and John 10 and some scriptures in Isaiah last week. And, and I was going to review some of those, but, but we've got in here. But I'm going to read this to you in, in Ephesians 1. And you can go back and read all Ephesians 1. Just read it and read it and read it and read it. And then read it again. <laughs> in verse, let's see. I'm looking for where his inheritance is in us. We'll just start at verse 15. He says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what, what the riches of the glory, get a hold of this, the riches of the glory of his 
inheritance in the saints. His inheritance in the saints. So you come to the riches of the knowledge of the glory of his. Let that sink in. Riches of the knowledge of the glory of his inheritance. What's his glory? His glory is, okay, we, we can bring it to us, his nature. Okay, that's part of it. I agree. But in the natural, your glory, like if you were following a, a big football player, for example, their glory would be what they've accomplished, right? So you could say the Lord's glory. If I look at it from that angle, it's what he's accomplished. What has he accomplished? He defeated an enemy. He destroyed him that had the power of death, that is the devil. He brought immortality and life to light. <laughs> he fills us with all fullness of God. You go on and on. So the riches of the knowledge of his glory. Now that's your inheritance. <laughs> that's huge. So, so when we come together, we come together to see him. That's, that's what our gathering's about, is that I may see him, that I may know him. Why? Because he's my inheritance. He's my glory. He's my life. He's my everything. It's all bound up in him. And, and the beauty of that is, is egos get stripped. Uh, all these things that, that divide people get stripped. How do they get stripped? Because the exalted one is him, is is. And we're members of him, but the exalted one is him. And, and what becomes the heart is as you come into this place of the knowing of him in whatever measure is, is your heart will be changed that you want everybody else to know how good he is too. You don't want to keep it back. You don't want to hold it over people said that I know him more than you do. You want to give that to people because that's the nature of God. If we could see this, more blessed is he that to give than receive. Well, who did that? But the Lord. You know, you know when you really see that in, in light of his work, he came and blessed us through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection. Look at the blessing that happened in his death. We were sinners. <laughs> he took our sins away. He took our problems away. He took, you go on and on, by his stripes we are healed. You can, you can come to all these things that happened in his death. He removed our old man. He removed us out of the way. Crucified us to the world. You go on and on. 
All we could spend days, weeks, years, months studying his death and finding the blessing in it. <laughs> really finding it. And then you look at his resurrection. He's raised from the dead. That's the power of life, is that Jesus is raised from the dead. That is our new life, is his resurrection. That's why he says, I am the resurrection and the life, because our new life is his resurrection. He's raised out from the dead, okay? And he quickens us together with himself. What Paul writes, by grace you are set. Quickened together, raised together, seated together in the heavenly places in Christ. That we would know that. Not, not just read it in the Bible and quote it. Yeah, we do that and that's good. But that our soul, our inner being would come to know that and live out of it. That our heart, the desire of our heart would become him and he'd feel it. He'd give us the desire of our heart and fill us with what he is. And we just live here. Dwell here. See, another, another place to look at in the book of Peter. I looked, I've looked at this scripture often, and, I, and, I, and I've thought about how I used to understand it and how I understand it today. It says, chapter 1, verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit, and to obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace to you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again unto a lively hope. That is a living, that word lively means to live, has begotten us again to live, or into a living expectation. Okay? Not a dead expectation, but a living expectation. Now, now, if we could cross this threshold as believers, just this, he's begotten us again to live and to a living expectation. Okay, what, what is my living expectation? What's, what's the expectation now? Let's keep reading. By, and here's how he's begotten us again. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's what I said. That's our new life, his resurrection. As he raised out from the dead, the old man that was dead in sin, Jesus raised out from that. So our life is out from the dead because he's our life. And here's what the living hope is too, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, 
and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, I'm going to stop here. Now, here's how I read this and believed, probably for years. If I believed anything about this scripture at all, Someday I was going to get an, an inheritance incorruptible. It's undefiled and it fades not away. It's reserved in heaven and I'm waiting on it. That's what I believe. That's what many believers believe. Okay. Now watch this real close. It's reserved. You're, you're begotten again into a living expectation. And he goes down to tell you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ to an inheritance that is incorruptible, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, Paul says in Colossians, and I'm going to deal with this word reserved here. He says in the book of Colossians that we are seated together, or, we, or we're Ephesians, we just read quoted, is seated together with him in heavenly places. But in Colossians, he says, set your affections not on things on the earth, but on the things in heaven. Okay? Where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. For you're dead and your life is sealed with Christ and God. So here are the things in heaven. Incorruptibility. Not being defiled. Something that fades not away. And this word reserve actually means to watch over, to guard. So who, who reserves this? This is, the, this is the key here. Who reserves this? Who guards this? Who makes this sure is Christ himself. So the surety of coming to an incorruptible inheritance is the Lord Jesus Christ, because you're his body. That's the surety of this. That's, that's what reserves this, secures this. And, and Peter goes on, ready to be revealed when? At the last time. Okay. He ain't talking about something 10,000 years in the future. He's talking, if you divide it by covenant, the last time. See, if I, if I take the scripture... And I read Hebrews 9, it says Christ was offered at the end of the world. Okay. So, so that world, according to Hebrews, ended, which means age, the end of the age, that, that time. That time came to an end. He was manifested to do away, to fulfill that time. That's Hebrews 9.28. Okay. In order that the last time would come forth, the new day. Okay. See, see, if Christians would think of it this way, in the old covenant, they didn't have the spirit living in them. Do you know that? There were people that were blessed with the spirit, but they weren't like us, the redemption of Christ wasn't in them. 
Now, this time that we're in, this day, the redemption, the work of the cross is actually inside of us. Because he's inside of us. See, that's another time. If, if we would just understand that how simple that is, that, that time before spoke of it. Jesus come in the flesh and fulfilled what is spoke of. Now by the Spirit, what he did in the flesh and in his death, burial, resurrection, his ascension is going on in your soul. That's what's going on inside of you. And that's what's revealed in the last day, in the last time, is what Christ did. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So when I see that, I go back and read Isaiah, that there's something going to come up on the earth. I'm not looking for something way out here in the future trying to figure out where that's coming. I'm looking at the person of Jesus to understand how he has done it. Glory to God. And to come to the understanding, the power and the might and the living of that. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at him because I believe everything stops with him. Everything is finished with him. I believe we are finished. We are complete with him. That's what I believe. He's my completion. Now, I may not walk in the fullness of it. I may not have a full comprehension of it, but I believe that. I believe me and Brother Dell saying that, that I, I don't know if I said it to Dale. I think he told me I did. But he says all the time, Jesus is enough. <laughs> That's it. Christians, look beyond him. That, and I'm going to find something beyond him. You're not going to. It's all in him. You will never find anything beyond him. It's coming to turn our hearts to him. You know, we sing our, we've sung the song, Turn Our Eyes Upon Jesus. And then as soon as we sing it, we start looking for something other than him. I can't find a perfect day but in him. That's the that's what I see. There's nothing outside of him. It's all in him. So he's brought us, like he did the children of Israel when he come, their children of Israel brought them up from, on eagle's wings to himself. That's what God did. He come down in the person of Christ into the earth, made a man to bring us out of, as Jimmy Lewis would say, the mully grubs, ourselves. That's the mully grubs themselves. Into him. That our life would be him. That we would experience what he is. And that's salvation. That's inheritance. And Paul, Paul says this, that I may know him. He, he I think he wraps everything up maybe that he's ever said in that statement in Philippians, that I might know him. And the power of his resurrection, being made conformable to his death. 
that I would understand and live and, and, and my, my, my being would be conformed to the death of Christ. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. Because when I begin to see the greatness of the death of Christ, a lot of brothers don't like that, the death of Christ. I love it. Because I see the old man was done away. My problems were done away. He, he didn't fix me and made me better. He crucified me and brought me to his life. See, what made me better is his life. He didn't make a better Wayne Shelton or better Jimmy Lewis or better James Green or better James Redster. You go on with every name on here. He brought us to himself. So, so our problem was us, and he just, it was the wisdom of God just come out and said, well, I'll just take care of the problem and crucify it. <laughs> Put it to death. Kind of like Goliath. He didn't, you know, David didn't fool around with Goliath. He just put him to death. So Jesus didn't fool around with the old man. He just put him to death. See, see, a lot of people want to say, well, the old man was good. No, he wasn't. If he was, Jesus wouldn't have come. Jesus wouldn't have died. They would, the law would have been enough. The old man would have figured it out and lived for God. He couldn't do it. He was carnal, sold under sin. So the answer was Christ coming and dying on a cross, putting him to death. And you and I find in our life in him, entering into his death, entering into his burial, and coming forth in his life. That's the answer. And when we begin to come forth in his life, we will look in front of ourselves and we'll see, man, there's no end to this thing. It doesn't, we'll see, we'll start getting a glimpse of there's no beginning or end of this. This is beyond everything I had ever thought of. Look, lift up your eyes, Abraham, to the, and see the length, the depth, the breadth, and the height. Everywhere you walk, you'll possess it. Everywhere you see, and then in Joshua, I think it's everywhere you walk. And Paul says the same thing, but he identifies what the length, depth, breadth, and height is. The length, depth, breadth, and height of Christ. He puts a name to the length, depth, breadth, and height. So we're not just looking out here for some spiritual something. Because all spiritual fullness is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so what I've got to read this. I know it's been a while. I got to read this one scripture here in Galatians. When it's when Paul says in Galatians 3, two things here, and I and I'll bring this to a close. But when Paul says here in Galatians 3 that he he verse 5. He, therefore, that ministers to you the Spirit and work of miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Okay, Ministering to you the Spirit. What does that mean? This is how the Lord will deal with me. 
And I'll realize when he says stuff to me, I don't really know what that means, do I, Lord? <laughs> he'll, he'll bring me to a place where I'm realizing, uh-oh. Ministers to you the Spirit. Okay. What is ministering to you the Spirit? Is it just laying hands on you? No. Now remember what Jesus said, the Spirit's going to take of me. The Spirit's going to guide you into all truth. So he that ministers that of Christ, that's ministering the Spirit to you. The Spirit of Christ, the life of Christ. And work his miracles among you. Does he do it by the law or by the hearing of faith? He does it by the hearing of faith. Now, we said this last week, and I, and I want to send the message out to the folks uh, from last week. If you if you didn't hear it, I want to send it out. If you did hear it, wouldn't be bad to listen to it again. Verse chapter three, verse thirteen through fourteen, thirteen and fourteen. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. We dealt with that last week. How that Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. So all that was under the curse of the law, Jesus took care of because he became the curse hanging on the tree for it's written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Why? That the blessing of Abraham, so Abraham's blessing might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. What's Abraham's blessing? That we might receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. Now, what is spiritual? When we receive the Spirit, again, I'll go back to the beginning of this. And, and I grew up in Pentecost, and I received the Spirit. Shout, jump, run, holler, all that. And, I, and all that's good. Nothing against any of that. But there comes, there's a term in the Bible called spiritual. To me, that is that of the spirit. What is spiritual is that of the spirit. What is natural is that of the natural, right? So if it's spiritual, it's that of the spiritual. How you define what is spiritual is by what is measured or what is parceled out, what is given. Well, what's given to us? the fullness of Christ. So that's what's spiritual. So when I know the things of the Spirit, I know the things of Christ. See, this, this ties right back into what Jesus said, this is life eternal, that you might know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Because the only way to know the only true God is through Jesus Christ. Through the revealing of Christ, from, from the smallest measure of the revealing of Christ, of, of Christ becoming your personal Savior, if we call that the smallest measure, I think that's a phenomenal measure, a great measure. But if we call that the smallest measure to the fullest measure, to the depth of it, to the deepness of God, it's all measured out in Him. He is what is spiritual. And when we know him, 
we come to knowing what spiritual is. I remember one time, and, and, I, and I was wanting to share this with Dale, and I, and I think I meant to call him this morning and share it, and then, it, and then I forgot about it. <laughs> so I guess it was to share it tonight with all of you. So I, I showed up at a meeting to hear a brother speak. And this brother, I, I won't say, you know, like I said, I grew up in Pentecost, people did a lot of shouting. And, and, and again, I've seen people healed. I've prayed for people and they've been healed. I, I believe this, folks. So I'm not trying to take away anything, but I show up at this building that this brother is mainly going to teach. So there's not going to be, you, you know, maybe a lot of stuff like, like I've liked. Okay. The power of God, because I, because I, I've, I've associated in Pentecost the power of God. The power of God met me outside of that building, if I can say it this way, so great. I went, oh. I, I had, I, maybe I was lacking discernment of what was going on. But all at once I realized, oh, this word is the power of God. This revelation word is powerful because it brings you face to face to the Lord into the knowing. That's why, that's why it's called the Word of God. Because how do you know Him? How do you see Him face to face? You see the Word. You see the Word in a person, not just in the letter that we read, and we should read the letter every day, but now you find the fulfillment of it, the substance of everything spoken in the person of Jesus Christ. So you come face to face with the Lord. And you see him. And when you do, you go, oh God, that I may know you. <laughs> You're so much greater than what I ever expected. In myself. Well, I could probably preach for another hour. They were kidding about how long I could preach. I think Brother Wayne had started this. So so maybe, Brother Wayne, I, I just took that cue that I haven't been speaking long enough. I'm kidding. I was just being obedient to what I was uh, discerning and feeling with the Lord. God bless you. Love you all. And may the Lord just increase his life in us. Amen. Brother Mark.